Uh, good day. It is. <laughs> we're trying to get our giggles out before it's not going to happen. Uh, welcome to Two Crees in a Pod. Welcome back to Two Crees in a Pod. We are in season five, episode six, and we are being joined by none other than Rizzo. Me. <laughs> the, we're being joined by Tammy Ray. Um, and so we'll have you introduce yourself first, Tammy, and then we are going to get into uh, probably lots of laughter and conversations. So please introduce yourself for our listeners. Well, hello, Tanse. My name is Tammy Lamouche. I go by Tammy Ray. I am from Whitefish Lake First Nation, also known as Atikamate in Treaty 8, Northern Alberta. Um, my mom is from Gift Lake Métis Settlement, which is really close to Whitefish. And um, yeah, that's where my roots began. And I, I've lived in Edmonton since I started my education journey. And yeah. There's some really good ball players up there in Atikameg and Gift Lake. I just want to make note of that. Yeah. We've got our asses kicked multiple <laughs> times by chicks. Well, not, not our asses, not our literal asses kicked, but through ball. Yeah, <laughs> Deadly ball, ball players. players. Mm-hmm. For sure. Baseball, uh, hockey. Hockey is huge there. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up playing both those sports because it's all we had, you know. And um, I'll probably talk a little bit more about not really having much for... You know, music, arts programming, but yeah, there's there, there's some deadly athletes from there mm-hmm. and still going strong. You know, we just had the the uh, masters not long ago, right? Uh, a lot of seasoned <laughs> a lot of seasoned players. Yeah. <laughs> well, well seasoned. Well seasoned. <laughs> I have a lot of questions for you, Ty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. I think one of the things that um, I'd like to talk about, and maybe you can share with folks, is uh, the work that you've been doing with Bear Grease. Wow. Well, we just had our 112th show last night in St. Albert at the Arden Theatre, and it was incredible. It's been an amazing journey. We're beginning our our tour for October. Um, We started off at the, the Arden, and yeah, we're, we have another show tonight in Camrose, and the next one is in Fort Saskatchewan mm-hmm. on Saturday. And then we fly to Ottawa on Monday for the National Arts Centre, which we're really, really excited for. You know, that's one of the biggest theatres in Canada, and um, we're, just, we're just excited to, to be on this journey. We're, I think we're at our peak right now, yeah. and, and it's, it's been going great. Like, sometimes we won't even remember where we were we'll talk about a memory you know with the bear grease fam where was that mm. oh that was in florida <laughs> no it wasn't it was in wichita you know like <laughs> it's it's just crazy well, like one weekend we'll be in florida with the seminole nation and then we'll be in pecanjigum in northern ontario mm-hmm. and it's beautiful mm-hmm. you know getting to see all these <clears throat> these uh northern communities and visiting the big cities, you know, places that we never thought we'd ever, ever get to see. And I think that like one of the things, so I've seen Bear Grease and I think it was in Edmonton last, 
<clears throat> December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of like the energy in the room, especially because you have like a bunch of like indigenous people coming to these shows, right? And well, the show that I attended, there was, uh, it was packed mm-hmm. uh, and there was a room full of indigenous people. And it was funny because like it is, there is a lot of laughter like in the mm-hmm. show, but you can hear like the Cree women. and I don't know if you get that in other places but at that show like you just hear like the Cree woman saying like like loud and so then it makes everybody laugh right and so it's just like that that energy of community mm-hmm. um in that place and it, it was so much fun and, and definitely I recommend you know folks out there if you have an opportunity and if it comes to your community uh definitely check it out um it's something that um is is amazing in regards to even kind of music development and and you've talked a bit about how there wasn't much opportunity for you uh, when you were young in your community for music development and um, what would you say to others or to communities or First Nations, Métis uh, communities in regards to supporting our young people with music? For one, it's uh, it all comes down to, you know, the budgets and I feel like the arts programs are always pushed, you know, to the bottom. When the arts programs are what help create spaces for our, our, our youth, you know, to express themselves, whether it's through visual art, whether it's through music, through dance, you know, through movement, um, mm-hmm. through acting, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you can, you can create those spaces. You could, there's like, we're, we're advanced now in technology. You can, you know, spend an extra, few dollars on on a software you know for for editing you can have your own home studio now you know and it's it's so cool like we can even have our own productions mm-hmm. people can you know we can outsource people in and then train our youth and then they can you know it can be sustainable mm-hmm. I see that and you know those are things I wished I had when I grew up I had to because I you know, we had our like local talent shows and stuff, but um, I had to teach myself how to sing, and it was really, you know, I found some really cool ways and how to do that because I didn't have like a karaoke machine or anything. I didn't have that technology yet. I think the very first time I recorded myself was through a, a phone. It was like a voicemail, and it was the landlines. <laughs> Because I was raised by my Muslim in Kukum and I would go visit, I would be at my auntie's and I was like, my Muslim in Kukum, they're not home right now, so I'll, I'll call the house and then I dial like we had, our, our area code was 767. <laughs> and then I'd leave a voicemail and I'd be like, oh, that's how I sound, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was finding like new ways and then, you know, and then for Christmas, I got a karaoke machine hmm. and it was like the ones with the CD and the cassette tape. So I was started recording myself in that way and um, using like karaoke CDs. And then, you know, on, on, on the on pension day, my Muslim would go into town and then he'd buy me like a stack of five blank cassette tapes. Amazing. And then it was just like, it was the most coolest thing. Like my grandparents really supported that and, and, you know, like, 
my my mom and dad were living away so i i was you know learning a lot at the same time with my muslim and kufkum and that's where my love for i was a cree fluent speaker so that's kind of where that started that foundation for for language as well but um yeah i just i truly believe that you know schools now especially on in the community they have they have the they can provide the resources for for our young ones and you know just create little spaces for them to you know to record their music to to create their own art you know buy a few cameras for photography yeah there's yeah it doesn't take that much yeah mm -hmm. and i appreciate you saying that because one of the things that i was mentioning before we even started talking here is my daughter is on her education journey. She's uh, wanting to be a teacher, mm -hmm. and uh, she's in uh, a few classes right now. They're the 100 classes, you know. She's just kind of getting her footing in university. Yeah. Yeah. And she had to uh, do an annotated bibliography, and she chose to look at the decolonization of music. And uh, she's found some really good research that's out there. <clears throat> and she was she, the conversations we've been having are so great because she's like, Mom, like, you know, did you know that choir, like the way that we do choir is a very Western understanding of like, you know, even just incorporating music into classrooms. And there's a specific um, uh, way of teaching music. And I don't remember the acronym right now, but she was talking about that. And she said, um, and so, and it's interesting because right after that, right after we had that conversation, we watched the video from the Park Allen, Park Allen students. Mm -hmm that were singing one of Leo and Priscilla's songs in a choir. And I was like, look at that, Damaris. I'm like, look mm -hmm. at how cool that is. That is another example of decolonizing mm -hmm. music. And I think that I would add for our educators is that it's not just solely um, those things, but it's even being able to hear your music in the classroom, right? It's hearing another Indigenous person sing and, and then seeing, you know, the way that you have moved through this world around you know, the Americas, you know, singing and having all these indigenous people, you know, in your Bear Grease fam, you know, I think that that's also a decolonizing um, way. That's also a way to look at decolonizing music is like seeing other people in these platforms. The other thing that I would mention is like um, when we first, well, one of the first songs I ever heard of yours was your Stand By Me in the Cree language. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing that and just, it just hits you in the chest. Like you're just like, oh, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You have a beautiful voice, first of all. But second of all, to hear it being sung in Cree so like, so eloquently. And so, and it was just, it was magical to me. I literally <laughs> was like, oh my God, this is like one of the best songs ever. And then to hear it being sung in Cree. So let's talk about the language mm -hmm. and, you know, how you have, you know, what that's been like for you? What is the importance of that, of like singing in our language? Well, you know, I, I grew up around Cree fluent speakers and, you know, I, I always, always think back to, you know, how I grew up and, and my Muslim Kukum, what they taught me and my parents, they still speak Cree. They're, they're, they're fluent. And, um, as I grew up, you know, you're, you're going into 
education, you know, English becomes your first language. And I started to lose that and I ended up moving to Edmonton because we don't have a high school in, in our community. And, you know, I, my parents thought that Edmonton would be a good opportunity. And that's kind of where I, I didn't want to have any connection with my language because I felt like it wasn't, uh, wasn't acknowledged anymore. I was in a space where, you know, it's, I was considered now a minority and um, I just stepped away from that. And it wasn't until I started my university journey at U of A where I was like, wow, they really, they really um, have all these amazing programs with language you know, and, and they have like a first people's house, you know, like where I can come into these spaces. And that's where I really started to reconnect mm -hmm. with the language and with my identity and being proud of who I am. And, you know, going through my education journey and I was like, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start getting back into the language again and and uh, I was finding new ways and then you know I finished my my degree my degree in education my first degree was in native studies and yeah my my teaching that's my teaching journey is where I really found you know there's a beautiful way to incorporate the language and that was through the arts so it was amazing how that ended up working out because I wasn't like music is is my passion but I didn't go to school to to teach music and uh I had like you know um Sean Massard he he wanted to use that gift and he's like we're gonna hire you as the fine arts fine arts teacher and it was just it was amazing because that came back full circle too you know like I grew up in a school where we didn't have that. We didn't have music teachers. We didn't mm -hmm. have fine arts. And then now I'm going to be teaching students. Mm -hmm. That was just, that was, that was beautiful. And then um, they brought on Red Cloud as our artist in residence. And that's where I first met Red Cloud. And, you know, this is when you put two creative minds together, mm -hmm. you start, you know, generating all these ideas. And it was my first year of teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, we were getting ready for, uh, a performance for the elders for Valentine's Day <laughs> and I was like what are we gonna do you know what's a real cool song to sing and you know, stand by me was I love Motown you mm -hmm. know it's like it's going through some songs and then I was thinking of melodies that are very repetitive throughout the song yes <clears throat> and then we thought wow wouldn't this be deadly if this was in Cree <laughs> you know <laughs> So we worked with uh, Sylvia Weenie, who was also, you know, doing some contract work in Enoch, and and right away we just went in and met up with her, and she she translated that song. She helped us translate that song overnight. Oh my gosh! Sent it to us the next day, Amazing. and then I started, you know, like going through it and finding that finding that melody, and then I broke them into syllables for the students so we tried it with my grade fours <laughs> they come into class and then we go through it you know and then we always use their hands you know 
is skak, that's five syllables. So we would just keep going through it and it took a lot of repetition and then... Teach Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, you're going to learn right now. <laughs> they were, for for listeners, they were trying to sing Adele. <laughs> Amber, Amber was trying to sing Adele with Tammy. <laughs> Don't say. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's that's how it began. That journey began. And I was like, we have something here, you know. Yes. And uh, they performed it for the elders. And what was also really beautiful was um, they got used to seeing the lyrics in Cree that they wanted a little printout so they can like look at the lyrics Amazing. in Cree. Yeah. Like this is something. Yeah. And that's kind of where my love for um, Cree yeah. began mm-hmm. and like incorporating it into music language yeah. revitalization mm-hmm. yeah. and it just yeah that's where it started and that was my first year of teaching and it just kind of carried on and I was like you know what Christmas was just around the corner it was during COVID I was like Cloud we should uh try um all I want for Christmas is you is it that Mariah Carey one yeah and then we did it and then mm-hmm translated it and that that blew up like I didn't expect that to just you know when you share something even just on Facebook all of a sudden you know CBC was reaching out and and um, CTV I was doing interviews on on my computer at home you know and it just it was amazing it was just it just ignited something even more in me that um, this is this is my purpose and you know, if I didn't want to continue speaking the language, then it, where it would end, you know, like it wouldn't, it would end with like my parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think about like how you were just talking about like that use of like syllables or finding songs that had a repetitive melody. And that's interesting because if you think about how it must feel to, for you to, or, or even like the um, elders that you sang to, there's a specific way that English is sung, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like in that melody or mm-hmm. that re- repetition. And then I'm sure that there's like notes that you have to hit. Yeah. Whereas in, in our language, there's, I can't even imagine trying to incorporate the way that we talk, right? Not just like, you know, like this, <laughs> <laughs> not just our slang. <laughs> But like even the way that we pronounce, like the the emphasis that we put yeah. on on the language, and how how did you manage that to to incorporate this? Because I'm sure it's like you're thinking Nehiel, right? And yeah. you're singing Nehiel, yeah. but you yeah. have to put it into a very non Nehiel melody. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was difficult. <laughs> yes, it was hard, especially you know, like that's that's. I it took a lot of repetition for me. Yeah. you know, to use my tone and it just, it can work, but mm-hmm. you just got to find the right melodies. So right now I'm working on um, nursery rhymes and mm-hmm. translating them into Cree with early years. And that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been like, um, I guess, really passionate about as well as like building my resources too and awesome. as an educator. And again, it's like, with like twinkle twinkle little star yeah. you can it's easy to translate yeah. those Cree words into that it's just you just have to find the melody but um it, it was it was difficult 
because you have to find, I also want to mention this, like, our translations, there's no, like, like for cell phone, there's no literal <laughs> translation. Like we can't just find a Cree word for cell phone. Cell you, phone? Yeah. <laughs> It's like what you compound, where is that say like flying message or something, you know? Like, <laughs> flying message. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's the beauty, beauty in our language. You know, it, there's, it transcends into a deeper meaning. But right. you like Weechi Hin means like help, like stand, like, like, help me kind of like yeah. you know but there's no like I'm sure there's another Cree word for stand by me but you have to find the Cree word that goes with the the lyric the song right. the melody but still you know means the same kind of like a long you, prolonged yeah. I know you can you'll get long Cree words you know so that that was that was longest song yeah. ever <laughs> right One hour long. It's real long. It's a long What did you grow up listening to? Ooh, uh, I grew up listening to, there's different genres for sure. You know, growing up with my Muslim in Kukum, there was, you know, like Dolly Parton, <laughs> George Jones, Kitty Wells. And then um, my mom listened to like Fleetwood Mac, mm -hmm. Celine Dion, mm -hmm. and um, the pretenders, you know, I was just like, I was introduced to different genres. It was very eclectic. And then I found my sound because I started listening to Lauren Hill and the Fugees and like, who's this girl? Like, how does she do those riffs? You know? Mm -hmm. So that's how I, I learned. I taught myself how to do these, these cool riffs. And, mm -hmm. and I listened to Whitney Houston, um, Alicia Keys. Yeah. And That's when my love for, for R&B started and yeah. Motown. I love listening to a lot of Motown. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of soul mm -hmm. yeah. that they, you know, evoke when they sing. Yeah. Like you feel that. Yeah. And that's kind of what, where I found my sound. I'm like, yeah. I want to feel that too. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's, that's what I, I grew up listening to. And, you know, when I do some of my sets, I... I'll do a little bit of Fleetwood Mac, yeah. some Etta James, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just got to pay homage to yeah. these greats. And yeah, that's that's where my love for, for the, that genre started. And then if you listen to a lot of my songs or my sound, that is yeah. R&B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've had Tammy uh, join us at McEwen University uh, for some of our Indigenous music events that we've had over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, And I, I remember uh, reaching out because we reach out to community members and, and your name came up multiple times. And so I had reached, that's how we met, mm -hmm. is that I reached out a few years ago to you to come and perform. And we had you first, uh, you were the first set. And I remember I was sitting in front with uh, uh, Elder Dr. Uh, Francis Whiskey Jack. He was like in love with Tommy. Like <laughs> he was just blown away. I think, yeah. and, and we were sitting there and that was the first time that I had heard you sing. 
Um, and and much like music and 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 songs, it's it can be so healing. Um, and you know, I I I felt that uh, in that space mm-hmm. at that time is that when I could hear you, and even just watching the elder um, hear you sing in the language, uh, it just lifted him up. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that uh, music is healing, and that your voice is also as you are performing out there, that you are helping others, um, and helping them process through things that may be difficult. Um, So I thank you for that. Uh, One of the things that I would love to talk about is your grandmother. And uh, tell us about who she is. And and I'm curious, because oftentimes, like, there is is people in our lives that, um, you know, we're here because of them. We're here because Mm -hmm. of their prayers. We're here because, you know, they have guided us in some ways and I, I know that you had did a short film with your grandmother um, which was really cute on me she was so cute um, but she was speaking in Cree in there um, and really you know sharing with you how proud she was of you um, and so maybe share with with us and, and our listeners about your grandmother uh-huh. my um, my Rose my late Kukum Rose so she's she journeyed home uh, two years ago now, and uh, you know that video that you were mentioning is something I always, you know, any any presentation that I do, I always um, honor her in that way because she she was a huge part of my life and my upbringing. Um, you know, she helped raise me. You know, being that matriarch in my life and. And um, she taught me a lot about being strong in who I am and being proud and and just, you know, not only taught me these teachings of like living off the land and spending time with her, but like also learning to, to be loving and 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 caring you know because it was hard for her to show that at first because she she went to residential school and I remember when I was younger she it was it was really hard for her to express you know mm-hmm. her her love to her her new simsug mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it wasn't until we lost my musun in 2007 where she started to like you know open up a bit more <clears throat> and just be a little more affectionate and I seen her just go through this transition and this this independence she taught me how to be independent because when my Muslim was here they were very codependent you know he did everything for her got her got things ready for her get the truck ready for them to go to town oh, or like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did everything <laughs> that's the way are you hearing that <laughs> The Napios, listen. <laughs> 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 but it was just, it was so so beautiful to see them, you know, how in love they were and how he took care of her. But then when you know my Muslim journeyed home, she had to learn that independence and I started to see that and she was like she got her drivers, she started driving that like the truck and she would go pick up her other 
their bestie Lena and they'd go to town, you know, and then they'd go hunting. So my cookum yeah. knew how to call and yeah. they'd just go out, take the truck, go out calling, right? That's yeah. you guys. Yeah. Did you hear that? Matter of fact, we're going out tomorrow. The new Rose and Lena. Here. <laughs> I want to be like Rose and Lena. Rose and And I started to see that, you know, and I was in my, my um, secondary journey at that time. And, and I was like, oh, look, my cook is just your old boss, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, and those are things that I, I started to learn. And she was still teaching me things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as she got older on me, like, you know, she, she needed extra care. So I, um, I actually spent some time at home when I could, you know, during the summers, go go stay with her at her trailer. Mm-hmm. And I just seen her kind of like, you know, go through her transitions in life. And, and you know, towards the end, you kind of see them like they need, they need people to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And she would always just talk about all these, you know, things of like how she was proud she was proud that I was like going to school mm-hmm. and I started traveling, you know, I got my first bursary. So I like went on a trip with my girls, you know, <laughs> when I was in university and I was just, I'd bring her back stuff. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, new sim, I'm so proud of you. So the, those things always stood with me. And mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I graduated university, like she, she was supposed to be there, but mm-hmm. you know, just, yeah, it's uh, she couldn't be there, and so I pay. I like she's a huge part of you know why I do what I do, mm-hmm. and and I'm so thankful that when we did this music video, that was like her last trip to the mountains too, mm-hmm. and we she came with us to the mountains, and mm-hmm. we did some of the footage there. My mom was part of the 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 short film too, and and. Um, we took that that uh, we we shot that uh, scene by the lake where she spent a lot of her time. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you look at the beginning of the video, it's us walking down towards the lake, and then she was just telling me, "Yeah, we'd go take the boat across the lake. That's where hmm. we would find, um, you know, this and this, like the medicines. You know, mm-hmm. like we call them laboons, but it's wild mint. Yeah, um, or rat root. You know." Mm-hmm. She's telling me where they would go. And those are those teachings that I still carry with me, you know. I still have her with me, and I know all the things she prayed for, they're still, you know, mm-hmm. they're being answered. You know, all her prayers are still mm-hmm. with me. And that's something I always carry, you know, and I'll always hold near and dear to 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 my heart and just, you know, that's what I... I always want to bring when I when I go on these stages and you know places that I visit or when I come home you know mm-hmm. I'll go drive by her her trailer and I'll be like oh cookum mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I like you'd be so proud and I know she is mm-hmm. she still she sees all like all of her grandchildren you know doing all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she's a huge part of of 
why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. I know that Terry and I have had conversations with, you know, our, our students here at McEwen about uh, being relationally accountable, you know, to our grandparents or our parents. And, you know, what you just talked about was, for me, what, what was going through my mind is just how you are mm-hmm. demonstrating how you are relationally accountable to your grandmother and your grandfather and your parents, right? By um, going out into the world. And again, we have been, you know, pretty invisible in you know, many regards um, in this country and across, you know, again, across the Americas. And uh, again, for you to be taking up airspace, to be taking up airwaves, to be, um, you know, on those stages representing all of us, uh, especially as Nehiawasquo, right? And, and, then, and then not only that, but also your work in education and all of these places that you take up that space, um, that's, those are the spaces that we were meant to take up anyway, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> Second of all. <laughs> um, but it, again, it really... It really, uh, I know, I know that your your parents and grandparents, I'm sure, are just beaming, right, with with uh, pride um, because of the way that you have been accountable to them in the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like Terry said, you know, for for you to show up in that space and sing for that elder and, you know, the way that, you know, Francis lit up, um, I say thank you as well because I have, you know, a, a girl and my daughter is a singer. She sings everywhere she goes. And uh, it's really important for our young people to hear you uh, and for them to know that uh, that I can do it too, you know. Um, and so I hope that all the res kids hear that as well, <laughs> you know. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I have one last question. And so we are, as we wrap up, I just want to give you the opportunity to share uh, any closing comments uh, with our listeners, with us today, and we'll, we'll end there. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you for, you know, bringing me into this space. And, you know, I admire both of you, um, the work that you're doing in community and, you know, just to come in and sit with you and laugh, you know, that just, that lifted my spirit. You know, I, I, there's moments where I just, you know, I'm reminded of, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. And just coming here to share my story and talk and share it with you. Like I'm leaving here with my spirit lifted and feeling a little grounded, you know, because it's it's been it's been a journey like mm-hmm. you know this has been something i've always dreamed of mm-hmm. from growing up in community and and now just you know getting to see all these places and share share my my gifts mm-hmm. our gifts you know and it's it's beautiful you know when we say all my relations it's we're really living that because we travel to all these different like territories, mm-hmm. Navajo territory, mm-hmm. and they welcome us, you know, mm-hmm. as Crees, and you know, I'm singing in Cree, and they they don't really understand, but they 
they feel it, they feel mm -hmm. it. and it's it's beautiful like mm -hmm. being able to travel across turtle island and then mm -hmm. seeing all these these amazing places it's 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 been a dream and mm -hmm. i always have to think back of where it started and mm -hmm. where that foundation was mm -hmm. built and that was with my family my mm -hmm. community you mm -hmm. know that's where my love for music started I started singing because it was healing because of things I went through as a as a little girl mm -hmm. you know that trauma mm -hmm. and healing was my way to express myself and I'm thankful like I now I get to you know share those gifts I know creator Kisi Mantu um, has created these opportunities and I believe that it's not about fame, but it's about walking in purpose. Yeah. And mm. that's something I always mm. want to walk in. And it's just, it's, it's been amazing. Mm. Like, you know, I was just, who was I talking? I was talking to my brother and I was like, I was like, Alden, like, isn't it crazy? Like, you know, like growing up in, in, on, on the res, like, you know, you just dream of all these things. Mm. And then, I was just eating pizza with George R. R. Martin, like the creator of Game of Thrones. He was just sitting right there and he's like, Burgers is going to Broadway, you know? Like, it was so deadly. Or we're invited to West Studi's house, him and his wife, and I get to carry this Oscar that he just was wow. awarded, you know, that achieve lifetime achievement that he was awarded recently and I was like wow this is deadly like where am I you know <laughs> who am and I who am I <laughs> I'm just this res girl you know I'm just, an, I'm just I'm it's just it's just been incredible and I'm just <laughs> I wouldn't have done it without the support of you know community the community yeah. here without you ladies like I thank you Nanaskamun Gwegimstahe video attached to what we're doing right now. Oh, so thank I'm you. thankful. No, yeah. all the listeners and um, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and going from listening to yourself on a voicemail to West Duty's house. <laughs> if that's not if that's not a message <laughs> fuck we still have party lines. <laughs> we have party lines in Kiwi. We did. line up and down the road and so like 10 15 houses all were connected to the same landline mm -hmm. so if you wanted to use the phone you'd pick it up but then your cookum would be on the phone like you know because my cookum lived just down the road or someone at her house so you could listen first yeah. of all to other yeah. people's conversations yeah. <laughs> real, real nosy kid uh. and it was all in Cree, so i'd have to like oh, oh yeah okay i know that word. um but you'd have to like go on the phone and say hey i need to use the phone and then like You'd wait. Oh, so it gave you no phone. choice but to like go on bikes and go freaking visit people and mm -hmm. travel. Because mm -hmm. that was, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, you have part, did you have party lines mm. in Saddle Lake? I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you have to like think of deadly nicknames and stuff? Yeah. What was your nickname? <laughs> oh, this one. When, um, when, I think it was when my dad passed away, she came. 
she came to, uh, we were at, sitting at one of my sister's houses and all my older male cousins had a nickname, have a nickname for me. And it's only them. It's not the female. It's only the older male cousins. And my nickname is Pamper, but they call me Pamps. And so this is what, no, my, my, my cousin Kelsey walks in. Oh, hey, Pamps. <laughs> Terry, who the hell's Pamps? <laughs> I'm like, it's these nicknames that we have eh, in community, and sometimes you don't know this one. Oh, Devo. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> oh, we call her Devo. <laughs> She's kind of rough. Got a, got a couple names. But... Oh. <laughs> depends, depends what territory we're in. <laughs> depends who you're asking. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tammy. We uh, thank you for agreeing to be on Two Crees in a Pod. We love you. Mm-hmm. We are proud of you um, and have um, have a great night. We know that you're performing again tomorrow, so we really appreciate the time that uh, you took out to be with us this morning. Hi, hi. Thank you. Two Crees in a Pod. Two Crees in a Pod. Tony means. Yeah. Let's go. They pushed us to this point. Frustrations of a common man. Manifested destiny, preach and pledge the promised land. I'm stuck between taking my journey, live with no honor. Like, what's the use of my kids? Can't taste clean water. A child born into a world, revolution's not a choice. Fighting to be heard, so we make them hear our voice. Remember ancestors' anguish, lightning in our veins. Hear it in a language when they are kitchen for the rain. I am product of people that persevere persecution. Paint me so creator sees me. If I go out shooting, experience our pain. When our women disappear daily. Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the wolves in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptation? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said